Okay, so how I got my first D1 scholarship offer, D1 offer, everything that a high school football player dreams of. This is really how it all starts. I trained super, super hard for four years, and that's another story for another day, but I really want to focus on how we got this going. So I trained super, super hard for four years, and I got to the point where I was about to be a junior. No, it would have been right... Okay, so how I got my first D1 offer, I worked really, really hard for four years. And that's another story for another day. But going into my senior year, after my junior year, I had had a really good year and played pretty well that season. I had pretty good film. And basically what it was looking like is I remember watching these YouTube videos, this guy named Mark Parson. And he was a DB coach, but he would just feed my mind every morning. I'm feeding my mind, listening to this dude. And I, you know, was feeding my mind with this. And he was saying what you got to do to get to these D1 schools. First, you got to become a division one football player. You got to really become that. And so I grinded four years and it got to the point where it was approaching springtime. And I knew that I was going to have to get to camps. And that was the next step. Now, I didn't want to just go to any camps. I had been emailing schools a bunch and sending out my information, my film, but I really needed to go somewhere where I was going to get verified combine results. So when I say verified combine results, I'm talking about, you know, 40-yard dash shuttle. They had a med ball toss at this one thing instead of a bench press, but just all those things, right, that encompass a combine that you really need to have locked in. Right. So that that was something I needed to do was I needed to go get legitimate results at a combine. So I looked up these camps and the one at the time that was just the bee's knees was the Nike opening. And, you know, that's where the Elite 11 is. They had the opening finals. I'm not sure if it's still a thing anymore, but that's where the best players in the country were going. And I knew people that were had done it in the past. Now, the only thing was there wasn't one in Washington. There wasn't a Nike opening camp in Washington. And how the Nike opening camp worked was there was actually a combine the day before where it was open invite. You sign up, you go to this combine. And then the next day was the regional, which is what everyone cared about. All the best players in the area, three, four, five star recruits. They go right to the regional. They get invited. They get the shirts with the names on the back. And now... I nobody knew who I was. I was just this this kid up in Canada that had been grinding in the dark while all these kids were, you know, in the spotlight the whole time. And there wasn't one in Washington, like I said. So I there was no option to drive down to Washington because I'm from BC. And the only option was to go to El Cerrito in Oakland, California. And so I mapped out all the dates and I had emailed every single coach in division two division one fcs and division one fbs every single coach uh at least on the offensive side of things and sent them my film and i had a couple camps lined up after that to go to places where the schools were interested in me but i did that and then i uh but i knew though like getting these nike opening results was going to be huge 
Now, was I going to go get an offer at one of these camps? No, not at all. But I was going to get around the best competition. And like I said, verified results. I keep saying that over and over again. So I, you know, obviously that's an expensive trip down to Oakland and I wanted to go to a bunch of other camps too. It's just a bunch of other trips, right? And it basically came down to, I had to sell my grandparents on this thing. So I did the research, you know, checked out places we could stay and I did the math of how much it would cost. And then I presented it to them and, uh, you know, I asked them, I said, Hey, like this is what we're going on. I'm really wanting to hit these camps and my grandparents were able, able to pay for it. So that's one thing too. Like when it came down to it, <laughs> I needed to find a way, right? Like it wasn't one of those things where, you know, like it wasn't just handed to me. Every single little thing I needed to earn and use different skills, tools. And so I had to sell my grandparents on me and why it was going to be worth the investment for me to go to this camp. So anyways, long story short, we go to this camp in Oakland and we get down there in the combine. There's like a million kids and you could tell they're just, they're running kids through this thing. And the combine is the night before the regional. I get down there warming up and then I test really, really well. Get to the 40, ran like a, like a mid four, six, really good shuttle, you know, just dominated all around. And I remember getting the table with the guy that runs it. And he was a huge, super huge name. He still is in the football community. And, he, he was like, well, he's like, wow, Nolan, like great, great results. Well, we'd love to have you back tomorrow. And he just said it like it was nothing. Like we went down there with no guarantee, right? Like you need to go to this combine and, and you have to do really, really well in order to get an invite to the regional the next day. Otherwise, like I really would have just gone down there for the combine and we would have went home, but we added an extra stay on the hotel because that I just knew, I believed in myself that we were going to do really good at the combine and then make it to the regional. Yeah. And he looked at me. And he's like, yeah, we'd love to have you back tomorrow. And I'm like, what? He's just saying this like – like he's he was basically saying it like, oh, like, you know, I don't know if you're going to be around tomorrow, but we'd love to have you. And to me, I'm like, of course I'm here. I'm there. So we got down there. Mission number one accomplished. Did really, really great at that combine the first day in Oakland. Went back. We were staying at just this sketchy hotel. Anyone who's been to El Cerrito, it's like right around Cal Berkeley area. That whole trip was super cool. I emailed Cal and Stanford. I've been talking to Stanford for a little bit, but just the recruiting coordinator, like nobody was really recruiting me. You know, it's kind of this weird thing in college football where like they'll like kind of recruit you, but like not really. They'll interact with you a little bit. And I think some of it is just to get you to the camp or I don't know. So anyways, I go to to these unofficial visits and it's just like, I'm touching my dreams, you know, and it's incredible. And those visits were the day before the combine. So I got to do that. Did well at the combine, boom, got the invite back. Now it's game time regional. The next day I pull up to the Nike opening regional. And now the dudes are here. Like you can see them all around. I know I like recognize some of these kids because some of them are like five stars and have all the offers in the world. And, we went a little bit early and watched like the early session, which was the running backs and linebackers and guys like that. And I saw this guy named Kendall Milton, who I played against in the this this bowl team Canada, or it was Team BC actually at the time. So we did that, and uh, I went and saw this dude. Yeah, he was a uh, he's now at Georgia, I believe. If he hasn't declared for the NFL draft already, but he, he's a starting running back at Georgia. So he was there. 
then you start to see like Willie McGinnis, all these NFL Hall of Famers that help out with this Nike opening camp. I mean, it was a dream uh, and I was real like literally in it. So we get signed up, get another, you know, jersey, these really nice jerseys. And then we uh, height, weight, all those things. And it was crazy. Like my height the day before was like they gave me like 6'4". And the next day it was like 6'1". It didn't make any sense. But they were a lot more strict at this regional. They really, obviously, like it was a lot more, uh, it was a different crew that was running the, the measurements. So we get out there and I'm getting warmed up. And it's just so crazy I'm around all these dudes. I mean, G. Scott Jr., who's at Ohio State. Uh, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, who just declared for the NFL draft, but he was at USC. Uh, Roman Wilson, Michigan, he just declared for the NFL draft. Uh, I could keep going down the list. I could I could really just keep going. There was dudes. LV Bunkley Shelton starting at uh, Oklahoma or playing there at least. He went to ASU, Arizona State. Just dudes. So we're standing there warming up. And then, of course, Jerry Rice's son is there. So all of a sudden, boom, Jerry Rice shows up. This is like my first, one of my first experiences being down in the U.S. Boom, Jerry Rice is like right there. And he walked right past me. He looked at me and he was like, what's up, fellas? <laughs> to me and this guy. And then the guy went, this, this guy that I was next to, he went and asked a picture. I was going to ask for a picture, but I was like, ah, I'll see you later. And uh, yeah, it, it was really cool, though. So we warm up and then boom, I test even better that day. I ran a four, six, one laser, but I dominated. So that was, that was all a crazy experience, but let's, let's go back to the combine though. The day before, not only had I dominated this guy, he seen me and I, and I pulled up to the, when I pulled up to the 40 and he's like, Oh, Canada, eh? You know, that was one thing that really played to an advantage for me was that I was Canadian. It, it helped me stand out because everyone would make jokes and, you know, sometimes it's annoying, but it really is something that distinguishes you. And that's what you're looking for in these camps, finding things that really make you stand out. And so he was like, Oh, Canada. Eh? Yeah. Like how many offers you got? Cause he looked at my numbers and he saw them. I'm like offers, yo, I'm coming from Canada. I don't have any offers yet. And he looks at me and he says, listen, we got to talk. I got a dude that's exactly the same numbers as you you know, six two, two hundred, 200 doing this. And he's got major offers. He's like, come find me after this. And so that was crazy. So fast forward to the regional, we finish up that day. I mean, it was a really big shock for me. Like dudes are like elbowing each other and the lines, it's just cutthroat. And I don't even get put in the elite group. I get put on the other side and I tried to fight my way over there, but it was really cool. Like a lot of connections out of there. Uh, grind time sack, uh, like that guy, he's a trainer of one of the DBs on my team now that I'm close with. And it's just cool. Like a lot of things ended up going, you know, being full circle with that. So regionals over. And then I go find that same guy who was talking to me before his name's Kevin. He was talking to me at the combine about, you know, he's got a guy that's got major offers and he basically said, Hey, listen, here's my number. Here's my Instagram. Like we're going to be in touch and we're going to, we're going to get something shaken. So we left that. That was super huge though. I scored like a hundred. I was top 40 on the West coast for testing uh, with the Nike opening. So that's obviously good every time. And yeah. Other, there was other guys there like Logan Loya. He plays at UCLA. Just so many dudes. So went up back up to Canada and then this Kevin guy starts, you know, talking to me and he's like, Hey, we're taking a group of guys and we're going to Ohio and we're going to tour all these schools. 
and we're going to hit camps, private workouts. Basically, it's me and then this guy who is, who is the former DFO, Director of Football Operations at the University of Florida. And we're going to take you around. We'll have connections to get you in. You know, going to these camps, you've seen it. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't have connections because nobody really cares who you are. This, that, the other. He's saying all these great things that sound really, really good. So I talked to my parents about it. And I mean, I mean the price, it was right under two grand or something like that. And so we're like, okay, what do we do? We're going to maybe go back to California and do the Stanford and Cal camps. But now that this is like a really good opportunity, it was like eight camps in four days or something nuts like that. Visits here, there, everywhere. So we, we talked it over and my dad talked to Kevin and then we talked to this other dad and his kid was doing it. And then we basically were like, all right, like, let's pull the trigger. Like, this is, this is a good shot. So this is really crazy. Even me just like talking through this now, how nuts this was. So we book it and it's for whatever, June or May, uh, somewhere around the end of that year. So I'm training hard for that the whole year. We get to the point where I'm going with them and it really like, I wasn't able to do like any of my track stuff. So this was really, I was going all in with the football thing and not that I wasn't already, but I really love track and I really wanted to do a really good at provincials, but it didn't matter. We were chasing D1 offers. So I go, I fly into Detroit. I get in Detroit. They're not there. I meet this guy and his, he's from Montreal. He didn't even speak good English. And then we take an Airbnb or an Airbnb. We take a, a Uber to this Airbnb that Kevin's got us up in. It's right on Michigan's campus. Boom. Prime time college ball. We're right there in Michigan. We're walking around. We see the big house. We walk around and see the facilities. It was incredible. The The freaking Airbnb was so hot, I remember. The other crew was rolling in that morning. So first camp is Michigan. We get to the Michigan camp, and <laughs> we can see the registration. We're right outside. Like The Airbnb is literally across the street. And people are going, and then we're waiting on Kevin and them. And they're late. They're late. They're late. Guys are coming in. They're late. They're late. All of a sudden, they don't even like the camp starts and they're not there. And we're waiting on these guys to sign papers. All of a sudden, they pull up. It's like him and then like six other kids and the, and the DFO guy. They sign our sheets. We get in there. We do the testing. And then they're like, okay, like for the football portion, like you need a helmet. I'm like, helmets? No, nobody brought their helmets. So we had to get these helmets from Michigan, wearing these Michigan helmets. It was, it was nuts. But we're out there. I'm getting my ass kicked. We're doing the gauntlet. I'm dropping balls. Jim Harbaugh is out there. I catch a really good uh, pass in one-on-one, and he's like, that's a hell of a catch, young man. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. But that camp was really discouraging. I finished that one, and I was like, damn. I don't know if this is really, like, for me. Like, same thing. Like, dudes are cutting lines. Like, it's just, like, so overwhelming being a Canadian kid going into that environment where you got 40 college D1 coaches on the sidelines watching. You got dudes that are just doing whatever, like they're scratching and clawing for a rep in one-on-ones and these different drills. And it really was, yeah, it was discouraging. Like I definitely didn't run a good 40. And so anyways, I was pretty disappointed with that. And I remember kind of talking to Kevin after being like, man, like that kind of sucked. And then he's like, you know, I'm sorry. It didn't go the way it went, but we got a lot more camps and like one camp doesn't define you. So then we just start bouncing around and the order is a little bit foggy to me, but we went to Indiana, 
we did that. No, no, that day we went Purdue first. We went to Purdue, private workout with Coach Shepard, who's now the receivers coach at Alabama. So, yeah, it was me, this other dude, and then the group of guys. One guy's at Harvard now. The other guy's at Yale. The other one's at a tight end at Pittsburgh. Uh, the other guys, one of the guys is at uh, Butler, I believe, something like that. So everyone ended up going D1 out of this group, but it was a bunch of Cali ballers that were up there too. Another guy was at Nevada in that group. So it was a really good group. Went to Purdue, had a private workout with that coach. We went to Indiana that same day, another private workout. There was a quarterback there that was really good. They were working out. So that was cool. And then we also went to Ball State for an unofficial then we went to – there was a couple other ones that we went to. We went to Illinois, unofficial. That was a really awesome campus, an awesome school. I was a huge fan of that place. And like I said, it's – oh, Eastern Michigan took an unofficial there. And then we had a camp at Toledo. This camp was a seven-on-seven seven camp. So we rolled up and we had our Cali squad and we joined these Ohio guys. And I remember this is – I am so excited to tell this story for you guys because this is such an incredible story of bouncing back and really just super inspiring. We get to the Toledo camp and there's a ton of Ohio kids out there, right? And there's got to be like 16 teams. We go to these grass fields and this is away from the uh, the facility. We went to the facility first and we did testing. I ran a 4-5 hand time. So it was the fastest 40 I ever ran. Uh, at that time, and then they've said it was a four-four in their records. I I don't know what they were thinking, but it it literally screwed up my recruiting later because Washington State thought I was running a four-four, which was which was not not true. Uh, it was a four-five. So, anyways, we we start doing the seven-on-seven. Seven, we're playing, and man, I remember where our team's dominating. But I run like a whip route or something. The ball gets thrown right at my chest, and boom, I drop the ball. And one drop, especially in a group like this, like everyone's so hyper competitive. Like we, everyone was like, I could tell they were just judging me like, man, this dude sucks or whatever. And it was just such a letdown and I was so broken. But the coaches at Toledo actually weren't watching our game. They were talking to someone else. So they didn't see me drop the ball. And so, you know, we, now we advance to the next round and the final rounds in Toledo's stadium. So we, we walked down, they call it the glass bowl, 20,000. It's a pretty nice stadium. And we're in there and we're waiting for the next games. And I remember we're hanging out with the guys and it still was just bothering me. And I remember one of the homies on the trip, he was like, Hey man, I can see it's still bothering you. Like, like shake it off, shake that shit off. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. And so we got on the field and all of a sudden, like the ball just starts finding me. I catch a couple of good passes, catch a couple of touchdowns, and I play pretty good. And so does a couple other guys on our team. And it was just, it was a great, and it ended up being a great trip. So we finished the that. So it was a long day. We did a combine that morning at Toledo. Then we did the seven on seven. Then we went on to the into the glass bowl. We had seven on seven. We ended up making it to the final and then losing in the final. But we didn't even play that much. Like they called us the Cali crew, and they didn't play us that much. But I played really well. We end up going, we get an unofficial tour of the the facilities and stuff. And so we're walking around and it's really cool. You get to see like Kareem Hunt, they show his before and after pictures when he was there. Different dudes that have come out of there. It was a really nice locker room, uh, really nice coach's office, all that. Like they checked all the boxes, but it seemed like, no, they weren't really talking to any of us like that. And so we finished that tour 
and we get out and go back into our vans. So that's really what we were doing. Like we were in Ohio and we were traveling place to place with one of those white vans with sliding doors, fit like 10 people in there it was two of those buses. And so we're just rolling around in that and we get to, you know, get back into the van after, after we tour the facilities and Landers is his name. That's the DFO at Florida who was rolling around with us and had all the connections to get us eyes on us. He's in the facilities and he always stays after to talk with these coaches and, you know, work a deal out, whatever. So we end up sitting in the van, whatever. And Landers comes in and closes the door and he's like, just talk to the coaches. They're going to offer Chase and Tarzan. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, who's Tarzan? And my heart just drops, like drops gives me chills to this day. And he looks at me, he says, you man. Oh, that feeling like four years of committing my whole soul to something. It gets me tearing up even now. Like I had put so much into that point and I wasn't even expecting that. Let alone that day I dropped a ball earlier on those those grass fields before we headed to the actual final seven on seven. And he came in, he said, they're going to offer me. And like, I did it. Like in that moment, I had done it. I had got the offer. And so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll never forget. And I call my mom, call my, my big brother. I tell them and they just were so excited for me. And here's the thing. They said they were going to call you know, the next day or something like that. But they never ended up calling like the next two days. And I kept bugging Landers about it because I was just like, dang, like they said they were going to offer, but like now they're not calling. So I was low key, like kind of stressing a little bit. So we ended up, we go do these other camps. And it's funny. It was actually, we, we were at Purdue. We were touring around and then Landers was like, hey, he, he called me. And this has been like two days. And boom, he got on the call. And this was like the actual moment. He was like, hey, Chase, Nolan, how you guys doing? We're like, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. And he's like, man, we're going to send you all some money. And then we just start going crazy in there. And we left, and then we kind of were done touring around the facilities, waiting for the workout at Purdue. And I posted the offer on Instagram, on Twitter, and it just blew up. Like, I probably had like 60 DMs. It was crazy. And I just... Oh man, it was such a great, that was such a great day. Such a great feeling, such a relief to have that. I just felt so great the rest of the trip. I had, you know, gone on this dude, took a shot on myself and went and got this offer from Toledo. So crazy. So we did that. And uh, yeah, just like I said, so crazy looking back. Got it in Purdue. And then, yeah, we went and did the workout at Purdue and just like kept rolling on the tour and Rondell Moore was in there. It's funny, like he was just working out. We watched him. He was a freak of nature. But that's really the story about how I got my first D1 off. We finished out that trip, came back and did Bowling Green, a couple other camps. But that was that. And that's just such a special story for me to tell. I need to tell more of these stories and just get these these stories down. Because there's, I mean, I, there's a million of these around that time period. And even now in my life. And really just the fact that like, when you work hard for something, 
you're planting seeds and when you really go achieve what you set out to do, there's just no feeling like it and the growth and just everything that it takes to get to that moment. And that was just such a pivotal moment that changed my life. And I became like a D1 caliber recruit at that point. And it just changed my whole identity and everything, which like looking back, I didn't really need that to change my identity, but it did. And I mean, that's so long ago now. It's like six six years ago, six and a half years ago. So almost seven. That's so nuts to talk about. So time flies, but that's the story about how I got my first D1 offer. I hope you all enjoyed. If you want to hear more stories like this, I'd love to share them. I'll probably lean to more. Uh, I'll lean toward these a little bit more with these solo episodes. I love giving the tools and strategies, but people just love hearing the stories. So that's how I got my first division one offer to Toledo. Didn't end up going there. Ended up doing the good old Eastern Washington, which I love. That's a whole nother story for a different time. But I really appreciate all of you tuning in. Please share this with someone that you really care about and just rate and review the show. It helps it grow and it helps more people make it happen. I appreciate all you. I believe in all you. Go accomplish your dreams just like I did, just like I know you can. I believe in you even if nobody believes in you. Make it happen. Out.